Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Welcome everyone to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're streaming this episode live. I'm Tim Grady with Lou Weiss, who's the founder of Manufacturing Talk Radio. And joining us every month today is Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's Services Report on Business. Anthony, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me on the show, as always. Your report, and we also do the manufacturing report on business, which is, the, of course, the manufacturing side. Your report always looks good of late. We love it. Well, uh, it's still above the 50 baseline here at 51.8 on the composite, but definitely came down a little bit, 1.8 percentage points. This is attributed to a decline in the rate of growth for business activity. I think activity we have a bit of a frozen situation. Yeah, what now? Go ahead, we're good. You're good. So 54.1 on business activity, that's down 4.7 percentage points. Employment also came down a bit, 3.2 percentage points to 50.2, still above the baseline. New orders, the bright spot, 55.5, up 3.7 percentage points from the 51.8. So we can get in a little more detail on these indexes, but overall the report uh, for this sector we're still above that 50 baseline, so uh, we're okay. We're not doing great, but it's still uh, in good territory here. Well, we, we think you're doing great. <laughs> it looks very positive. Um, so why don't we take a look at each of the, in your report, it's four components. In manufacturing, it's five. Let's talk about each of those four components and how they impact the overall number, Anthony. Sure thing. And when we look at each of these indexes, they're weighted equally. And I've mentioned this on the show in the past. And the reason why we've taken these four indexes, because we did some modeling and looked at the algorithms, and these four, when you map them out against GDP growth over a historic period of time, uh, this is mapped it closest than, than any other configuration. So when you look at employment, which this is a very labor-intensive sector, Employment at 50.2, it's a mixed bag, continues to be a mixed bag. I've reported in the past that it's mixed. And what our respondents are telling us on the employment side, and, and keep in mind the jobs report came out today, uh, decrease in the number of jobs added, 130,000 compared to, I think it was 336,000 last month. Uh, so the decline is there. And part of it is, it's a variable expense of, uh, you know, a, largest variable expense for the services sector. The other point is low entry level positions and middle management positions, tough to backfill. This is coming directly in comments from our respondents. So it varies by industry and by company. Overall, we're still north of the baseline. New orders, 55.5, that tells us what's in the pipeline. Shorter cycle time on services than what we see on the manufacturing side, but definitely gives us an indication that as we're going into the holiday season, we sh should see a little bit of an uptick. Business activity, that tells us what's happening pretty much within the month as far as activity goes. 54.1, it's down 4.7 percentage points as we measure change month over month. Still good. 
the last index, and I didn't do it in any type of order here, but the last index, supplier deliveries. Now, deliveries are faster. And why are they faster? Combination of things as well. Improved logistics, improved capacity, as well as efficiencies in the supply chain. The one challenge is we've seen demand come down a little bit, which also helps in that regard as far as the deliveries are concerned. But overall, when you look at the four indexes and we see that we're still uh, reflecting positive growth uh, for the month of uh, October. Anthony, typically in these situations, some industry sectors are doing well and some are struggling. Who is doing well and who is struggling at this point, given this October report? Well, that's a great question, Tim, and it brings to mind that when you look at the rate of growth and who, uh, which industry or industry performance, and it's on the second page of the report for those who are accessing the report online from ISM. Now, keep in mind, here are the top contributors to GDP growth, right? Uh, or I should say, who are the top contributors of percentage of GDP? We know that number one is real estate, rental, and leasing. They did not reflect growth month over month. Why is that? We still have high interest rates. Residential construction starts aren't there. Number two is government. Well, they're not going anywhere as much as we like them to, but they're not going anywhere. So they're number two. Then you look at number three, professional scientific and technical services. Okay, right directly from one of our respondents, no Middle Eastern business. I wonder why, right? What we got going on over there, geopolitical issues all across the globe, right? Uh, the war between Israel and Hamas, it's just really affected uh, the demand and consumer confidence, and we've seen business dry up in that uh, region of the world. What's number four, which is actually doing quite well this month, is healthcare and social assistance as things have started to open up and we're seeing more elective surgeries and whatnot. So that's kind of it in a nutshell when you look at those contributors uh, to, to GDP and, and how they're reflected in the report here. Um, questions that were posed to me in the teleconference this morning, as well as uh, from other media outlets, how did the strikes affect the services sector? UAW, auto workers strike, that impacted manufacturing more. Respondents told us that, yes, um, they're concerned about production and inventory later on, but not so much right now. It seems that more of the uh, decrease in demand on vehicles is because of what we have going on in the current affairs in the world. Um, as far as the SAG after strike with the Actors Guild and all that, uh, that definitely has affected uh, movie theater content, uh, streaming content. Uh, they just don't have that much content like we had in the past. You're starting to see that. I don't know if you put on your television and for those who still have cable or other streaming devices, we're starting to see a lot of the secondary and B type uh, shows being aired that we didn't even know they were produced, right? And they say, well, this was out in 2021. Well, never hit the airwaves, never hit anything. All of a sudden they're starting to cycle it in there because they're running out of stuff, right? So, um, but again, the, the nature of this sector, the 18 industries that comprise this sector, very eclectic. We go from construction, 
all the way to arts, entertainment, and recreation, and everything in between. <laughs> yeah, it's of uh, course we have mining, which is not doing well. <laughs> yeah, we try not to bring that up. I know, I know. I I I bring it up because you don't. <laughs> I want to punt it over the pin. <laughs> <laughs> well, understanding the the industry sectors is important because that's part of the reason that we do this show with Anthony and also with Tim Fiore each month is that it's more than just that headline number. It's what's behind the headline number, the sub-indexes. So that's always interesting. Anthony, what's happening with imports and exports in the services sector? Well, it's not surprising that exports really took a nosedive. I mean, look, what we got going on, all this turmoil, uh, you know, we try to keep this show non-political, even though Luke, he's bringing us back in. But anyway, uh, we're having a lot of <laughs> issues. I got a beauty for you. <laughs> I know you do. I was picking that up for you, Luke. But anyway, um, we see the exports at uh, down 14.9 percentage points, 48.8 from 63.7. Big change there. And imports at 60, that had an uptick, 9.4%. But, uh, you know, I think that we have to look at, as I mentioned in the past, exports goes back to that professional, scientific and technical services industry I was mentioning, as well as information. That's what we export from the services sector, that knowledge management, that type of uh, industries are participating mostly. You get some retail in there as well, but those are the two big contributors right there. So not to talk political, but I am waiting for but I'm going to bring this up, and I'm not going to mention the good guys or the bad guys. This business with the IRS. The IRS is the profit center for our government. Do we all agree with that? The government Nobody agree with that. <laughs> it may be true. <laughs> no, it's true. It's a, it is the profit center. And now one group of people want to take $14 billion away from the IRS. And I, I just read an article by one of the government agencies that put out that for every dollar taken away from the IRS, the IRS loses $6. So if we take 14 billion away from the IRS, from our profit center, we're losing $109 billion. That's amazing. Lou, I don't know where you got those numbers, but let's get real political on this. On the IRS front, right? Yes. Everyone talks about how, oh, the rich benefit by not being investigated by the IRS. And look, I'm not rich, so I could speak to this. The IRS when you look at audits that happen and it, the rich or the top 10% of the earners in our economy pay almost 90% of the taxes, right? When they put out 87,000 new IRS agents, who do you think they're coming after? It's the middle guy, it's the lower wage earning guy that they're looking to generate the revenue from. And the so, cheaters, and the cheaters. Well. They already have focused on them. So at the end of the day, 
the, the, the very top that are paying the 90%, whatever loopholes they're using or everything else, they're still paying 90%. And even if there is some, they're, they're more sophisticated than we are when it comes to offshore accounts and all that other stuff. Boy, we've really segued away from this report on business. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that in a second, Anthony, because, but it's more manufacturing. The good news is the IRS won't have money to buy 87,000 guns, which oh, they which they don't need to kick in our front door. <laughs> okay, so we're not going to agree to agree on this. So back to, uh, back to services. So has anyone in your lifetime ever said, oh, I'm so happy to see that the IRS is visiting me? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Well, you know, on the services side, Anthony, there are a lot of tax preparers out there, I'm sure, who are in the services sector, uh, who, of course, would be unemployed without the IRS if the government simply said anybody that makes less than 50000 a year, you don't have to file a tax return. Forget about it. We already took your money out of your paycheck. So I, hey, I can't, can't imagine the billions of hours we would save. <laughs> Hey, I'm not running for office, but I'm an advocate for flat tax rate. So anyway, <laughs> and Tim, you're doing a terrible job. You usually bring me and Lou back on point. You're just like pulling us along. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's talk about prices that are that are still, you know, they're increasing. They're increasing slower. That's always one of the things that I struggle with, and we see it both in manufacturing and non-manufacturing in the services sector. And that is prices continue to go up as demand falls, which is counter cyclical to the supply demand theory in marketing. Yeah, I think I need a really high powered telescope to look how far back it was to where prices decreased. Right. So they continue to increase. Uh, I think the last time we saw a decrease was back in the uh, probably in way back in a recessionary period. But anyway, prices are moderated. You know, 58.6, they went down ever so slightly in the rate of growth. What the respondents are telling us about prices is that, you know, there's improved availability, but there's still there's still certain commodity items that are short supply uh, that have increased in price. We're still seeing issues with, uh, you know, turning to the commodity list on the report and others that have continued other items like uh, electronic uh, electronics, electrical components. Uh, HVAC, all these type of things have continued to be an issue. We don't see chips on there anymore, uh, but that was also one that was just really driving up the, the whole price spectrum for the services sector. Uh, do you think it was a good move that the Federal Reserve did not raise interest rates uh, this week? Yes. Uh, selfishly, okay? You know, and, and it's all about me, okay? Anyway. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, really, I think because of the softening job numbers is why they left the rates alone. And the fact is that the prices index has not gone up as much. So they don't have to really, even though there's still discussion around inflation, it's not like they have to go out there and hammer it and stave it off with like they've had in the past. And let's face it, real estate rental and leasing, the biggest contributor to the GDP on the services side and in the country overall. And we know that the interest rates has affected housing starts. It's affected, uh, you know, any kind of buy on, on, in the real estate arena. And but rents just keep staying strong, you know. So it's like this big shift. 
But anyway, uh, I think lower interest rates just help stimulate different things. And uh, again, being a little selfish there. Well, Tim Fiore seems to feel as though that manufacturing is in the recession. He also said we were at the bottom of the tranche, too, right? He did say that. So well, we're at the bottom of the tranche in a recession. I hope it comes out. I really do. I mean, it was looking promising last month, you know, when I saw that they were over 50 uh, on a number of indexes, and now they just dipped down this month. You know, your business activity came down a little bit. The employment was over 50. That's down a little bit for the uh, manufacturing side. I just really like to see them. In, and you know better than me, Lou, like on the manufacturing, we know there's that slowing down in the summer. As we get toward the holidays, there's also a little bit of a pullback. And that's what I'm right. hoping we're seeing now. Right. And that we bounce back out of it as we get past the holidays. Well, Tim Fiore uh, made a comment about he feels as though there's a good possibility that we're going to see a manufacturing index of 50 before the end of the year. So that means we only have two months. I'd like to see that. I keep hearing this guy's name. I'd like to meet this Tim Fury someday and figure out who he is. <laughs> yeah, you By do, the way, just, um, just to remind our viewers and listeners, and in mid-December, we're going to have Tim Fury and Anthony Nieves on the show talking about their, their semi-annual forecast and update from the Institute for Supply Management. Anthony, you mentioned just briefly, and I, I want to bring it back to the fore, a section of the report, which is very interesting and very informative, commodities. And you list commodities up in price, down in price, and short supply. It's an area of the report we don't touch on much. Well, definitely. And it's, it's I'll tell you, it's important to look at that. And, and believe it or not, it's one of the more tedious parts of putting this report together because you literally are going through, uh, and the ISM staff really scrubs this because I take the first stab at it and then they have a group of folks that's led by Christina Cahill and they go through this and uh, we get into discussions every month as to uh, which should be listed in what category based on the respondents uh, checking off um, which they feel are the commodities or they have reflected uh, in, in their companies, their respective companies, which commodities are in short supply, up in price, down in price. And you'll typically see the correlation of what's typically up in price. It wouldn't be a surprise to see it in short supplies, basic supply and demand. And uh, supply and demand impacts this. There is less reliance on commodities as far as production wise on the services side but certainly on utilization, right? Once it's transformed through the supply chain and it impacts our wholesalers. I mean, wholesalers, when you look at that wholesale trade, they're the intermediaries that supply or provide time and place value, especially to companies with disparate locations. So how they go and how they're moving products will tell you specifically how this whole sector is going. One of the areas I find curious, and I'm hoping you can give us some insight on it, is I see that transformers are in short supply. Any, yes. any idea why? Well, it all has to do with, the, you know, the production. You know, electric transformers, we've had electronic components, electrical components in the past. 
So these are all like the components that go into manufacturing this. And this is, you know, I don't know, I haven't looked at the commodities uh, on the manufacturing side to see how that's been affected, but, you know, we have it all throughout with cobalt and lithium and all the issues with batteries and everything else. That's basically, it, it impacts the entire supply chain and which ultimately we know that manufacturers, manufacturing companies are supplier providers to service companies more and and it's more so that way than it is at the service companies providing to the manufacturing companies even though that's also a symbiotic thing going on there yeah clearly the chemicals is a big area to watch um because that drives a lot of things down the supply chain so and i think that's in the manufacturing side is that right anthony yes okay so for our viewers and listeners, these two reports, which are available at ismworld.org, are absolutely critical for you to dig into, regardless of what industry sector you're in, and really regardless of where you are in the hierarchy of your organization, whether you're the CEO or you're you know, a, a dock worker, uh, you can gain insight in, into what is happening. Uh, through these two reports. So I, we encourage you to go to ismworld.org. Uh, Anthony, is there anything else that has popped up in this report that was a surprise or a concern? No, I think overall um, that the surprise was seeing the slight pullback on the composite index. I was hoping to see it stronger. I say surprise, and I'm going to contradict myself with everything we have going on. We touched on it geopolitically. I mean, we have Ukraine. Now we have Israel, Hamas. We have China saber rattling right now. All this going on, uh, North Korea, this really affects the global economy and ultimately the U.S. economy. And so I'm not overly surprised that we had a little bit of a pullback here in this sector. So is it safe to say, because manufacturers hate uncertainty because they can't plan, that the service sector doesn't like it either. No, and they're they're more demand pull than the manufacturing side, shorter cycle times, but it, it affects it all. It affects everything, all the linkage through the supply chain, which ultimately uh, services and the respective companies are impacted. I have to say from the Institute for Supply Management point of view, most likely, because we have been involved with them for more than a decade now, the supply manager used to be a job in the basement behind a file cabinet. Now it's a job in the C-suite level uh, and at the table. They got to be tearing their hair out, Anthony. Well, yes, but think about this. It's a bit of a reprieve from what we had to deal with going into the pandemic, right? I mean, we know that we have all this other positive things going on with the improved logistics, the improved capacity. Uh, you know, the other things you can't control, but as much as the supply management professionals out there, they really uh, go in full bore to figure it out and have workarounds as it relates to uh, supply chain issues and ultimately getting the deliverables to their respective enterprises. Well, we're I say that, I'm just saying, I say that as a dock worker. 
Well, we're in the services sector. We're just providing information to try to be helpful to the industry. So <laughs> uh, we really appreciate your involvement on the show and being able to go into this report in more depth with our our uh, listeners and viewers. So once again, Anthony, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. As always, gentlemen, you have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to the next time. As well as I, and I'd like to also point out to our uh, listeners and viewers that uh, click off the uh, like button and subscribe button and the uh, share button and whatever buttons you see, just <laughs> hit them all. You know, it's it's got to be good for us. So thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back with you uh, uh, next week. Actually, our next week's shows are going to be interesting because we did go to the Motion and Power Technology Expo, and we did do uh, 12 interviews with four of the uh, major key people at the top of the heap at AGMA and uh, a bunch of uh, other manufacturing companies talking about uh, the gear industry. And uh, actually we're getting quite a, uh, uh, quite a, a, a number of people listening to those. Four of them are already up. So there's another uh, eight that are gonna be going up on, on Tuesday. Uh, we have something like 20,000 people have already listened to the four episodes. I suspect we're going to hit the 50 mark. Interesting stuff. It's a good read. Listen to it. Let us know what you think. Tim? It's yes, been... we'd love to hear from anyone who's listening or watching. So, as always, thank you for being with us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please like and subscribe, share on social media, or leave a review. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Rumble, or your favorite podcast app. Visit us online at mfgtalkradio.com for our other episodes. We have also included links to our advertisers below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.